With the third pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley from the University of Southern California. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Bang! Knocks it down! Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket and oh my! Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh my! 45 ticks to go. That shot yes. is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that hard and pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Hey there, I'm Chris Manning, one of the hosts of Locked on Cavs. We're recording on Thursday evening after the Cleveland Cavaliers took Evan Mobley, the big man with a 7'4 wingspan, 7' foot tall, 215 pounds, can do it all from USC with again with that number three overall pick. Just for transparency purposes, we're recording this a little we're starting to record before the, the draft is over. Um, so if there is some late breaking news or anything like that, we'll have to tack something on here um, that may sound a little different. We also uh, are recording before Kobe Altman speaks. We're trying to get ahead of this a little bit due to uh, the time of the day and just reacting to the Evan Mobley selection as well as the Ricky Rubio trade uh, that we'll get to in the third segment of the show. But Evan my co-host, Evan Damro from Redacted, is here. Evan, what's up? Not a whole lot. Got a new setup for those watching on WKYC. And also, if you're listening, I hope I am gracing your ear holes with my voice. But I was making hand gestures while you're talking. Um, I was on the Locked On NBA mocked, or sorry, draft show. Excuse me. Can't say mocked anymore. But this is a great day for those living in Cleveland that are named Evan. Because now... We are represented by a celebrity, albeit a very young celebrity, but his, him too. He too, his name is Evan. And I'm just, you know, being properly represented in the Cleveland community, there, there are literally dozens of us, I'm sure. It feels great, man. I feel validated. I feel completed. Um, I got to speak to Evan Mobley in the cluster F that was his media availability. And um, I've got to tell you, man, I am not, I'm looking forward to post-Zoom media availabilities where things are a little bit less chaotic. That was nuts. Yeah, it was. I Shouts to Kev's PR. They are a lot more structured with this because, granted, a lot of us do this mobily still, unless you're Chris Fedor and travel during a pandemic and Kelsey Russo, who goes to the home games. But uh, the, the Cavs have a good structure. NBA PR was a bit of like just the Wild West because Kelsey, I think, was in Brooklyn, and then the rest of us were virtual, and it's just like everyone raised their hand, and then they would just tell you to unmute. And then you just kind of have to do this awkward dance where you eventually can hopefully speak, but it all worked out. It's all good. But Evan, we uh, we have a title. Before we get into the show, I think you should tell everyone about our title sponsor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I will. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. More specifically, tell them Locked on Cavs, the number one Cleveland Cavaliers podcast sent you. That's right. All right, so today's show obviously going to be about Evan Mobley. We'll get to the Rubio trade later, but Evan, let's just start with Mobley. Uh, no surprise, we've been saying for a while, 
Uh, I said on a 92-3 appearance this week that I was like 98% sure that he was going to be the pick at number three overall. Uh, definitely were, were teams calling in, trying to make a play for this trade. I think Oklahoma City and Toronto are the two teams making the most aggressive, repeated attempts to get up to number three. I just never mm-hmm. believed that Cleveland was ever going to trade this pick. I just never thought that the Cavs were going to give up this pick. It would have taken a lot to get it. I think this has been a pick. Um, you know, it is smoke screens, It is silly season and everything like that. But this is what I thought we were getting for the long lead up to this draft. And, you know, I, I think this, again, this is an A-plus outcome for Cleveland. I don't, I don't love doing draft grades. I think they're flawed for a lot of reasons. But if I had to slap one on right now, it's an A-plus. Getting Evan Mobley is an absolute A-plus for Cleveland in this draft. Oh, it's a huge A-plus for Cleveland, not just because his name is Evan, but the fact that in any other draft, if this was last year or next year or just any draft that didn't have Cade Cunningham in it, Evan Mobley would be the consensus number one overall pick. And I know you hate draft grades. I personally hate the term unicorn when it comes to talking about draft prospects. I think Kristaps Porzingis set the notion. And then a lot of people are like, oh, where's the next Porzingis? Um, Mobley is a truly unique player where he has a lot of guard skills. And we'll get more into it. But he has a lot of guard skills, but he's seven feet tall. He's too... He's a little over 200 pounds. He still has a frame to grow into. For those worried about his weight, I think I want to talk about that a little bit too. I'm not that concerned at all. Um, he's just a multifaceted player, uh, and he's soft-spoken, incredibly shy. I've spoken with some folks where it says it, ta- it takes a lot to get him going to speak with the media, and I think that's going to be something, or just people in general, I should say. And it's I think that's going to be a bit of a struggle for us at first when getting to know Evan and get a rapport with him, especially virtually, but... This is the right pick for Cleveland. Um, Chris, I'm going to have a question for you in a second, actually. But, yeah, I well, coming into this, I think a few people asked me, like, who's the pick? I'm like, it's it's Evan Mobley. I said, unless Cade Cunningham's available, it's Evan Mobley. Um, I actually sold my couch and the guy today because I'm moving, and the guy asked me what I did, and I said, I cover the Cavs. And he's just like, oh, who do you think they're going to take? I'm like, Evan Mobley. He's like, I don't know. I kind of like um, – I think he said Jalen sucks because he was good at Gonzaga. Yeah, he did say that. I'm like, oh, did, yeah, did Anthony but... Lima buy your couch? No, he did not. But Anthony Lima made it very clear he doesn't watch a lot of basketball today. Anywho, well, I, we should, let's be kind. Ken Carmen, his partner's let's... on the show. That we're all Odyssey. We're all in on the Odyssey family, Evan. Let's let's play nice. Okay. Oh, to, to quote Ken Carmen, oh hell, I guess you're right, but. Chris, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. You and I have been kind of saying this for a while. I think it's been about two or three weeks for me. But when did you know that Evan Mobley was the pick? Like, when did you, like, feel firm in your heart of hearts that Evan Mobley was the pick? I think two weeks ago for me. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think the moment it was very clear that Jalen Green was never going to really meet with the Cavs that Cunningham was going to go to Detroit and and that felt very locked in. I just felt like Mobley was the guy. Once we sort of got word of how good his workout was, that the coaching staff was big fans of his, sort of the structure of how his process has gone and it being so Cleveland-focused, I think, I, I just kind of felt like this was the case. I didn't think that the offer that they would sort of need to move off of this pick, be it from Toronto, be it from Oklahoma City, was just ever a realistic thing for those teams to trade. Like, and I, I just thinking about how the Cavs have talked about what they needed when Kobe Allman spoke at the end of the season, him talking about like, you know, or after the lottery, excuse me, like him needing to get a big, I'm assuming the, the, the potential to get like an all-star franchise level guy, like near the top of this draft. Like he was, they, they were, it was so clear to me, like what they wanted to accomplish with this draft and what they were hoping to get. 
and Mobley was like the guy that was gonna get that. Like you could trade down and like maybe you could get some more picks and like take other guys and whatever. But like they were clearly like we want a lead guy for our team here. We want the lead piece yep. for this. Mobley was the guy, and like I think he was number two on their board. I I kind of tend to think that most people in an organization, I don't want to say universally everyone that has a say in this, thought that Mobley say not Houston. Well, I, I'm just saying I don't think Mobley. I think for Cleveland, Mobley was higher on their oh. board in most cases, right? Like, I think for most guys in the Cavs organization, Mobley was the higher-ranked pick. I, I felt like this has been not, like, you know, nothing is ever etched in stone until you hear Adam Silver say the words with the third pick, Evan Mobley, New Jersey, Southern California, but it was as close to it as I think you, you can get it in silly season. Yeah, it really was. Um, it was peak silly season. And speaking of silly, my ring light just died. So bear with me, folks, that you're watching right now. But um, yeah, it's peak silly. It, it, it's it's cooked. So it's peak silly season for us. Um, I'm gonna take my glasses off. And there's a lot of speculation. Um, I saw somebody saying that the Cavs were like entertaining training with the Kings pick. Um, I kind of got the vibe closer to the draft that. Things required for them, and the Cavs are kind of taking a wait-and-see approach. We didn't see teams approach them when it came to certain picks and certain players. So we'll talk about Ricky in the third second segment, but I'm really excited about that. But for a while now, I've known the Cavs have more or less needed a godfather or a king's ransom is the way I put it, at least, offer from a team. And like Oklahoma City, from what I gathered, their final offer was Dort 3-16 and 16 for it, and the Cavs pushed back and said they wanted Shea Gilgis Alexander as well, and they should. They should say, listen, if you really want this pick, if you really believe that we believe in our heart of hearts that there is a superstar caliber player here, a franchise-altering talent at 3 and Evan Mobley, you need to give us something that we deserve. And I think the Cavs stuck to their guns. I applaud them for it. They didn't just settle for a trade just so they can get more assets and kind of kick the can down the road a little bit here. And, hey, let's look at it this way. OKC is not doing too hot with those picks in this draft. They have drafted two point guards of their first-rounders and traded their third first-rounder for to Houston for more first-round picks. So Sam Presti's grand experiment will continue. Um, before we go, do you think he looks like Ryan at Reynolds? I do. Wait, are you, you're saying... You're saying Presti Mo- looks like Ryan oh, Reynolds. Um, not Mobley. Dude, buddy, you're cooked. I can feel it. I My brain has been broken ever since I saw Kendrick Perkins not be able to pronounce Moses Moody's name. It yeah, because like, you kept you calling know the- him Moody while we were prepping for this. <laughs> I did. Um, I, Mo- you kept calling Mobley Moody to preface. You know, it is what it is, man. Uh, it, yeah. it's, I, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I haven't, I can't really like picture. Like I can't conjure an image of Sam Presti right now. Um like that's just where my my brain is at right now. I I just think like you weren't going to get like Shea and like a bunch of picks, you know. Yep. Definitely so. we're not. So um shoot your shot, man. I don't know what Toronto's offer really was. I know it probably would have involved four if it would have been Pascal Siakam, maybe it would have been not Fred Van Fleet or anything either. So I don't know, maybe OG, but I don't think Toronto had enough to entice Cleveland, but Chris, let's jump ship. Let's take a quick break for yep. ads in for the audio listeners because we don't really have a sponsor. It's a digital insert, but well, we'll in be this right segment, back. We have more. one later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, we do. We do, and no, you're taking not. care we're, of it. But st- we have lots of yachts to buy, and we still have ads. Yeah, we're, we're close to being the first quintillion Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, and we're working our way up. But we'll be right back with more Locked On Cavs. Evan, let's um let's go to his media availability. Um, what did, anything mm-hmm. that he say stand out to you? I I don't I think there's like some to glean. I think those things are really tricky. Um, 
you know, I th- I think like the you know listening to part of the Suggs one and the Scotty Barnes one and stuff, I thought that those guys had a little more to say, a little more just comfortable in the media setting, and that's obviously fine. Uh, the Cavs haven't drafted like a player in the last like three years that I th- I think like you know is like engaged with the, the the reporters in a lot of ways. Like it's not a thing Sexton loves or Garland or or Cole really have to do, and that's totally fine. Um, that's their prerogative, obviously. But did anything that uh, that Mobley say stand out to you when he was when he was on the dais? Dais. Well, dais, I, dais. I, I either works, but I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is somebody asked him just like a really it was a softball question and he knocked that out of the park they said what are some players you think your game compares most to and he quite i mean he's a soft-spoken kid he like i said i I was talking to chris about this before we started recording he said a lot without saying much he said i've seen the comparisons to chris bosh i've seen the comparisons anthony davis i've seen the comparisons Giannis adenakumpo i see it myself but I'm my own player at the end of the day, and that's who I am, and that's who I think I compare to most. The one that's a very mature thing, you don't really hear a lot of kids say that. Like, for perspective, if you go, I was sitting in on Jonathan Kaminga's media availability, and my man was frothing with confidence where he said he wants to win multiple championships, MVP, be a Hall of Famer within five years, things like that. Like, credit where credit's due, but for a kid to kind of say, like, listen, I can see the comparisons, but... I think him kind of squashing those expectations too is a really good thing to do as well. And I applaud that and I encourage more of it. And I don't know. I think that was really good. And then the fact that like he had an opening statement, which is kind of funny where he says he wants to win um, multiple rookie of the month awards and rookie of the year. Then I asked him if he wants to make all-star and he said he would. Um, I just think that's just kind of neat too. Um, and we can talk about some of his pre-draft or pre-draft media availability as well in this segment because I don't think we've touched on it. But he said a lot without saying much. But I think him saying like, "Listen, I see the comparisons. I get it. But I'm my own player." Like I think that's really not cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think the other thing that I actually I was like, I Jerry, he didn't like. I don't think he – I'm also just, like, watching the, the draft right now, and, like, one of the fun facts for Keon Johnson was that Facebook is his preferred social media platform. And I'm just like, what what is going on here? Um, anyway, I, I think one good of the – Good good, good for him. <laughs> sure, Facebook, I guess. But um, maybe he's a big fan of the, the great David Fincher film, The Social Network. Anyway, I, I think the thing that I find sort of interesting about all of this is he was talking about Jared Allen. And, like, he was asked about Jared mm-hmm. Allen. He mentioned Jared Allen without being asked about Jared Allen. Like, he was, like, looking forward to play with Jared Allen. And, like, I, I think just, like, if you want to read the tea leaves here a little bit, like, I think it is – I think we have both said very publicly that we think bringing Allen back is in the Cavs' plans. Um, I I think Charlotte, like, oh. acquiring Mason Plumley is, like, a, takes a shooter off the board. Like, the market for Allen is – there's still going to be a market. It's just not maybe as big as it might have been. Like – I, I kind of think like we're we're staring down the barrel of like there he's gonna come back and it's gonna be as you'd expect and like I I think those two are gonna play together and I th- I think that's I again like I think that is a good thing for for Evan Mobley so I I'm I'm all in on this it was just interesting that he was sort of just like excited to talk about it and uh you know talked about the didn't really I don't if I don't unless I'm misremembering I don't think he said any other players by name when he was when he was no talking. I don't well I asked him about playing alongside Colin Sexton and Darius Garland as shooters and he just kind of said in general or in terms of his playmaking and then the spacing they provide he just said in general he's just excited to play in NBA spacing so he can show his playmaking and it also allows him to operate offensively as well 
Um, no, I just think that's really cool and nice to hear. And um, yeah, no, I just it's really encouraging. I think um, we're going to see a lot of cool things with Evan Mobley at the next level. Like people were kind of on the play on the pick, but like let's put it in perspective. This was a really bad USC team that he was on, and he carried them to the Elite Eight without a proper point guard and him acting as the primary offensive up. Like that's super freaking impressive for a college player to do, especially at his age. So, Evan, when we look, when we look at Moody, I guess what are the the next couple steps here? I mean, like, what what are you looking for for him? I mean, well, I guess we'll find out how much summer league he's going to play um, when he talks about something he was asked about at this appearance. We'll see what Kobe Alban has to say about him. Uh, we'll you know cover that on on Monday's show and this kind of milk some content here a little bit. But those are sort of the next steps. We'll kind of see what kind of happens here. Um, I I think like this again makes total sense. I think the Cavs are going to come out. You know, just looking big picture, just by getting just by getting Mobley alone, the Cavs are a major, major winner in this draft. Like there is no question that you get him, and you're profiting. You're in a really strong position to to succeed with Evan Mobley. Like other guy, I, I like a lot of other guys in this draft. I like Jalen Suggs. I like um, I I really like Jalen Green. I like Kate Cunningham. I think all these teams should be pretty happy. I just think when you think about Cleveland again, just getting up from five, getting to three, and getting a chance to get the caliber of talent that Evan Mobley is. Like I just think this is a win, regardless of like what comes, regardless of some of the challenges I've had. I, I think if you can maximize his potential and embrace all he can be, I this just remains such a massive win for the Cavs. Like. No matter what else happens mm-hmm. this offseason, like you got a, this caliber of talent. Like this is a winning offseason for you because you got oh, this yeah. caliber of talent. It's it's now on you to maximize that. But like this 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 point on its own is just a really really important it moment. Is. In time and for people Cleveland. who are regular listeners of this show, and if you're checking us out on WKYC for the first time, welcome. We do this five days a week. Um, if you're an Apple Podcast listener, please give us a five star review. Uh, hold up, there we go. Hold up my hand. Five star review. At this point, the Cavs may have found their guy in Evan Mobley. I don't want to put a ton of pressure on him yet. I need to do a little bit more of a deep dive and maybe talk to some people who are more familiar with him because he is so painfully shy at times. That, and I don't think the Cavs... The Cavs are good at protecting their players. I know it can be frustrating for the media, but I don't think he's going to be speaking to the media that often until the summer league. But um, I think the Cavs have found their guy in Evan Mobley. Like, they have a nice collection of young pieces, but I think they have finally found their piece that they can build around and say, like, okay, this is the player that we're going to make our identity and build around going forward. Like, yeah, Jared Allen showed flashes of being the best player in this young core, but I think Evan Mobley truly is going to be the guy. Maybe not this year, but next year and years to come. I cannot wait. To, I want to know what jersey he's going to wear. And I want to know um, how much summer league he's going to play. Those are my next two questions here. That's all that really that is sort of left to be. Understood. We'll probably figure out his numbers during his intro conference, which I would imagine be tomorrow because they're going to do post draft media availability Friday, and then summer league might we might get the answer when Kobe Altman speaks. And my heart sank when I saw Kelsey Russo tweet a quote, so it might be from a press release that I didn't get, but. Um, no, he's not speaking to the media now. So that'll be a question for Kobe once the draft wraps up. Sure. I guess I guess we'll see. I don't, you know, it's, again, my brain is um, gone at this point. Just looking at Kendrick Perkins, like, talking about Moses Moody just remains something that just snapped my brain. But, Evan, you know what could really help me get my brain energy back up and going? You know what could really, like, bring me bring me back to life a oh, little bit Tell me here? about it. Uh, what will wake you up inside and save you? 
Mm. A built bar. Also, shout, sh- wait, real the quick. Shouts to Bill Bar for having such ironclad packaging that John Corrales struggled to open it during the locked on live stream. <laughs> yeah, John. John just like really like couldn't get that. He needs, amazing he needs stuff. to eat, like, eat more right Bill Bars kept- to bulk up and get the gain, so he doesn't have to struggle opening it going forward. Hundred percent. So if you don't know, Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Coconut, raspberry, my favorite right now is strawberry. Evan loves mm. the cookies and cream. Everyone has a favorite flavor. And if you haven't tried all of them or haven't tried a Bill Bar at all, you can get a mixed box and you get two of each of the nine flavors. And remember, not only are Bill Bars the best tasting protein bar, but they're healthy too. Check out these macros: 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbohydrates, amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today, get the grasshopper cookie, which is back right now for a limited time, or the strawberry or the raspberry or whatever it is that you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. And remember, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 on your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Evan, uh, let's talk about Ricky Rubio. Who the Cleveland Cavaliers acquired in a trade Buddy, on Thursday? Can I, can I share something? Uh, I just keep thinking of. Well, let, let's let's sure, can I get sure, the details sure. of the trade out first? Okay, Ricky Rubio, Spanish legend, currently at the Olympics, uh, so probably won't hear from him for a little bit. We'll see if he says anything. I guess we'll have to do some perusing of of the media situation mm-hmm. over there. Um, coming to Cleveland last year of his contract for Torian Prince's expiring contract. As some cash, an undetermined number uh, um, amount of cash, and a 2022 second round pick via the Washington Wizards, one of three picks the Cavs own that year. Sorry, now, now, now talk. To uh, me, I just Donald Trump is a terrible president, and I don't stand with him at all. <laughs> did, Bold. did not. Did but not I, just we of, I just think I just think of that clip of him okay, going, "It's sure. Rubio," and I'm like, "Yeah." I just keep thinking of that now in my back of my mind um, for some reason. Just. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy the Ricky Rubio edition, like over the moon happy because Tory and Prince in theory would have gotten minutes in Cleveland's rotation, and guess he claimed to be healthy, but I don't know if he can consistently stay healthy at this point to really believe him. Uh, it's a little bit of a cynic in me, but the Cavs desperately needed a backup point guard. Maybe they still think Jetty Osmond is reliable. Maybe they believe in Isaac Okoro and Dylan Windler. We'll see um, on the Windler thing, at least. So Okoro, I have more faith in. But um, oh, but I I, I don't want to uh, out the person uh, that told me this, but I guess uh, uh, Dylan Windler is coming back from his honeymoon because he was married recently. He was coming back from uh, Cabo oh. today. Well, that's congratulations to Dylan Windler. Yeah, good Cabo for him. You know, interesting place to go, I guess too. But um, I I really I. <sighs> You hate on Cabo? Are you anti? Are you anti? No, I'm just losing a little steam myself, my guy. So I like the Rubio edition. He's an adult in the room. He provides veteran presence. I apparently he was really beneficial to Anthony Edwards when he was in Minnesota, which you know is helpful too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really going to help Sexton and Garland. I think I like the pairing in theory of alongside Sexton and Garland and like an Eastern or a sorry a scout from the Eastern Conference said that Cleveland acquiring him was a huge surprise, but a great move for them. After they had virtually no one to back up Garland last season, they went out and got a veteran that helps them more than Prince ever could. Ricky could come in right away and be a leader on the floor, play alongside and mentor either Garland or Sexton, and be a trade chip for Cleveland if he plays well. 
that's a big thing too because Ricky is going to make 17.8 million next year and he was already linked to both Los Angeles teams in Boston in trade talks and now that Cleveland has him they have a bit of a trade asset hopefully Kobe doesn't sit on it too much but 17 17.8 million dollar expiring if the Cavs want to go the path of acquiring more assets they could flip Ricky for that or just stand pat and try and make a plan for the play-in or the playoffs as well. Like I, I just like this addition a lot. Yeah, I, I just think you look at the Cavs. We, we in our in our draft needs, we talked about how we thought that um, they needed a backup point guard, right? Like that was a, just a, a positional need for the mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers. So they are able to get that a much. I think a much better one than they would have gotten in free agency. I think Rubio is a better in some ways more trustworthy player to a player than a lot of the guys available to Cleveland. That's just to to me a factual statement. Uh, I think, you know, it guarantees you this player. Like, I don't know if you're hundred percent going to get a McConnell and Austin rivers or someone like that. Like last year, this is a team that due to injury was struggling with Exum, struggling with Dotson, struggling with Matthew Labadova as your backup point guard. Mm -hmm. That is not going to cut it. That is just not going to, I think, significantly cut it if you're going to make this happen and make it a thing you can sort of do. Um, I think I think this is just like a win. And I understand some people were like concerned about the second-round pick. I think some people um, are going to be in a, in a position where like you were wondering like why you give up this pick for a, a player that might not be in your team more than like the trade deadline or the full season. But I just look at this and it's like you had three second round picks. You were never going to use those three second round picks anyway. The point of getting those second round picks is to take them and turn them into mm-hmm. something, right? Like whether it was like a late first round pick this year to get a, a prospect you like or to make a play for a guy like Rubio. Like this is what you get, uh, grab all those extra picks for. And I think like he's immediately going to help. Like he's like Mobley plus Rubio is like just a really, really mm-hmm. good day's work. You can be your team is improved. You solve some needs for yourself. Now you need to get some shooting. You need to like figure out the rest of the roster. I still think like finding a developmental point guard prospect, like a backup guard type, long term is clearly going to be need. I don't know if Rubio is more than a one year stopgap yeah. for you. I don't know. Like it's too early for us to know. Like, is he going to be? Is he going to resign in Cleveland? Like that. Like we're a ways away from sort of that conversation. I, like, I haven't even had time because this is draft night to like look at the mm-hmm. clean in the glass numbers and like film and sort of see like how he plays in two man lineups with their guards. Like I don't really know how he pl- like. Can you play him and DG together? Can you play him and Sexton together? Like I think we, I need to go see how him and like D'Lo mm-hmm. sort of played last year, right? Like that's that's a thing we need to figure out here, um, and talk to some Wolves people and stuff. But like I do kind of think this is just on its face like a good win and it's like three million dollars more for him than Torian Prince and I think you're going to get much more out of Rubio yep. than you would have Torian Prince based on your team needs and the rest of your roster like again you can play Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens and guys that are much cheaper on the wing for a little bit and like it's it's kind of fine and it's not like pushing you to the tax like there's not really to me a downside of this trade if it doesn't work like you trade him to someone else who needs a backup guard or you buy him out and and it's fine it's not no, consequential think... really but it yeah, helps you I, they're not going to buy him out, probably. And as of right now, as we're no, I mean, this, but I mean, like theoretically, like if you got oh, the deadline yeah. and it didn't work, I'm not saying now. Like they're gonna keep him now. You don't do this trade just to then like buy him out because you gave up yeah. stuff for him, obviously. Yeah, that that seems really dumb. 
I know there's a reporter who said that they're keeping Rubio. Like, no dip. They're paying $3.8 million extra to have Rubio on the roster. I think they're going to keep him at this point, my guy. But in terms of developmental prospects, I think Jaden Springer is still on the board as we're recording this. Like, I think that's a player if the Cavs wanted to trade back into the first round and get might not be a bad call. Uh, I know Utah is still looking to get off 30, so I think maybe Cleveland with their multiple second-round picks could entice Utah into something and maybe get a player for their troubles as well. There, some of their veterans are available heading into this draft, so we'll see there too. Um, there's a lot of interesting options. I think Ricky Rubio is just really beneficial to this Cleveland team. I think he's going to make Darius Garland better. He's going to make Colin Sexton better. He's going to make Evan Mobley and Jared Allen's life better because I know it's FIBA ball, um, but I've been watching some of Ricky Rubio's highlights while getting ready for the draft too, just from FIBA. I know I posted his latest game against Argentina where he torched them. Uh, he has a super ugly release, like goodness gracious it's uh it's rough watching him attempt jump shots especially threes but it's somehow 30 percent three-point shooter last year which is and it's and it's been a knock on him forever that he can't shoot yeah it's not great but like it's less than ideal but he plays point of attack defense he's a good playmaker and like every now and then he can get hot from three so it's not like he's actively harmful but i his usage rate is down quite a bit i read that from i believe the espn just trade grades because i had it pulled up because i was waiting for the draft to get started but um i don't i don't hate this addition i think it's a good one for cleveland like i know people are gonna poo poo it a little bit and say like prince would have been the better option or something like that um the only thing that befuddles me is apparently Jarrett Culver could have been had for cheap. I think that if the Cavs took a stab at Jarrett Culver, maybe sent like an additional second round pick, whether it was the San Antonio one or a future one down the line. I think that's something that should have been worth exploring for Cleveland. Maybe the asking price was higher than what was initially reported, but if Jarrett Culver was available, I think the Cavs could have taken a stab at him because I think Culver is in a bad situation in Minnesota and needs a fresh start, and I think Cleveland could have been a good one for him. I guess I just wonder if this this would tell you that like if I don't, I don't know the discussions like the parameters of this as of now but like if Culver came up I just wonder if the Cavs were like eh, you know yeah that's fair I I don't know how the rest of the league feels about Culver I'm personally still high on him a few years removed there, I mean draft. there's not like a there's not an argument based on what he's done that like he's been at all good is the thing no so it's ha- a rehab pro- it's a XM esque rehab project and like yeah that, those have those have limits on how effective they really are unfortunately. That's fair, but if you can even get if him I think I would have like do them, it's just like if he gets thrown in, then sure. But like, nah. That's what I was just thinking. Though, was like maybe the Cavs could have explored having Jericho or be a throw-in in this trade. But if Rubio is your prize here, and you get cash considerations, and you the other key thing is they did not give up that Houston second-round pick next year, which is probably going to be as good as a late first based on how I think Houston's going to be because. Let's be frank; their starting five very well could be John Wall, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, Usman Garuba and Christian Wood or maybe a different power forward if they want to if they bring it back Kelly Olynyk who was like weirdly really good for the Rockets last year but um it could be weird for Houston and the Cavs having that unprotected second round pick that is as good as like the 31st or 32nd overall pick like that's very valuable especially based on how this draft this draft is going where it's like super loaded and it's just all over the place like they could get a good player at 32 if they wanted to but We'll see what happens, man. I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens next. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a little stressful recording this as we get later into the first. I'm like, these are some, there's some players the Cavs could kind of trade and get. Yeah, I mean, like, again, we're really risking the biscuit here. Um, 
We can might, I, I'm gonna ta- ask you we might tack on a locked on now with one of us looking completely haggard by the end of this yeah, night. We'll, we'll see. But I, I want to ask you this is just because of the, the trade stuff that is out there. Uh, with, is any of the, the other trade stuff you, you want to hit on real quick? I just feel like you, you have like a, a rust take in this that you want to just note here. I think that's silly because if the Buddy Hill trade really was on the table, Buddy Hill in theory makes so much sense in LA alongside LeBron and AD, but you know what? Whatever. Maybe the Lakers are jealous that um, the Nets were the meme team last year. Team USA was the meme team this year, and they want to take their stab at it. If the Lakers signed DeMar DeRozan somehow, some way on the vet men or something like we're that. Like, yeah, they're not going to get Kyle Lowry right now, obviously. Uh-uh. Kyle Lowry's asking prices too high. I think Kyle Lowry, if he could very well You would go think back he might be Toronto. going back to Toronto now, but yeah, because of the yeah. Scotty Barnes pick. Yeah, he could very well go back to Toronto, but if he doesn't, Philly, he could sign there for cheap if he really wants to. But New Orleans cleared a bunch of cap space if stuff with Lonzo doesn't work out. So there's options for Kyle Lowry out there, but I don't think the Lakers are one of them. Shoot, he could even sign up the Clippers for cheaper if he wants to, just to spite the Lakers. I don't know. Maybe he, he could sign up the Lakers for cheap, too, and then this could all just be null and void and, like... You roll in with like Russ, Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> Anthony Davis at the five, and LeBron James at the four. I don't know anymore. This is such a weird, goofy thing. And the buddy thing is going to be fascinating. Let me ask you this as we wrap up. If you were the Cavs, would you try and explore a trade for Buddy Heald to add some extra shooting to your roster? Yeah, I On understand. On the caveat the that you have to probably start him. Ooh. Because um, you're I benching mean... one of Sexton, you're benching one of Okoro for Buddy Heald. I mean, sure. I the shooting is just really, really good. It's just he's very yeah. expensive. Um, I would have done it for like Drummond last year. I like negotiated that fake trade with Matt George from Lockdown Kings. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. But Evan, send us out. Uh, and again, maybe we'll tack something on here. But send us out as we record the end of this podcast. Welcome to well, ladies and gents. Like I said, if this is your first time watching us on WKYC, we do this five days a week. Eventually, we'll scale back to three days a week, probably mid-August for a little bit. But we'll be right back with training camp in September, October time. So, but if you're checking us out for the first time, like I said, we do this five days a week. Anywhere you get your podcast, whether it is Odyssey, whether it is Spotify, and especially Apple Podcasts, that is the biggest one. Please give us a five star review on there if you can. We will give you a shout out as the times go on here. But come join our Discord server. It is popping with the draft stuff and with free agency right around the corner too it is going to be hot 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 over there but as always thank you for joining us on locked on calves i am evan damarell he is chris manning and as always go calves